Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossin, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, January the 9th. And today, there's a dark cloud over our community here in Cumberland North as we mourn the death of Allison Leah Holtoff of Tidnish. On Friday, there was a service in honor of her life. And today, we are grieving and working on an action plan to honor her life and make sure that she did not die in vain. Allison's husband, Gunter, came to me last Tuesday, three days after her death, to share with me his concerns around the troubling circumstances around her death after waiting for an extended period of time, a number of hours, in the emergency department waiting for care. This is a tragedy, and this needs to be investigated. Therefore, last Tuesday, I did reach out to the Minister of Health, uh, asking for a meeting to discuss the concerns at the emergency department at Cumberland Regional. Unfortunately, my request to meet with the minister was denied. However, I did meet with someone from the Northern Zone who is responsible for our hospital on Friday morning. And was able to ask several questions on behalf of the family, on behalf of her husband, Gunter. Although they were not able to provide me with any answers, they did tell me that some answers would be coming. Some of the questions that I asked on behalf of the family as well as you in the community are, what are the staffing levels like uh, of the nursing staff at Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center, specifically the emergency room department. We also asked questions such as what is the average length of time for a person to be seen from the time they arrive in the emergency department to when they are seen by a medical professional. We also asked the question when there is a complaint issued. I know I receive complaints through my MLA office and I'm always told to forward those complaints to a central area called patient relations or patient feedback. And my question to the the Northern Zone is what happens to those complaints, uh, specifically if there is a common theme with those complaints, uh, are they investigated, and what happens with the investigation? And again, I was not given answers, but I will continue digging because it is important that if there is a complaint, that it is investigated and that if there are measures that should be taken to improve uh, care, whether it's uh, by an individual healthcare professional and or the system, that those actions are taken. Today, on behalf of Gunter, the family of Allison, Leah, Holtoff, and our community, I am putting forth requests to our Minister of Health and to the Premier, a seven-point action plan that we are asking to be immediately initiated. In addition to requesting an investigation into the death of this young woman, we are also asking the Minister to first place a dedicated healthcare professional in the temporary makeshift waiting room in the emergency department at Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center to monitor and provide continued ongoing medical assessment of persons who are waiting to see the ER doctor. This healthcare professional will circulate and stay in the waiting room and communicating ongoing with triage nurses and medical ER doc 
We are requesting this to start immediately and keep this measure in place 24 hours a day, seven days a week until the main emergency room reopens at Cumberland Regional. Two, we are requesting immediately to put urgent personnel on the job of getting renovations completed for the main emergency room at Cumberland Regional. This means all hands on deck, 24 hours a day, get the job done until the ER gets back open. Some of you may recall that there was a flood in the emergency room in May of last year, and there has been continued delays in getting this emergency room back to reopen, and we believe that it needs to be reopened urgently. Three, we want immediate communication with families who have, who have lost a loved one in the ER department while awaiting care and ensure an investigation is completed. We want uh, there to be appointed a dedicated patient advisor from the ministry to assist the family of the deceased, to answer questions, and to be a resource and a support to the family. Four, immediately reallocate nursing staff to ensure safe nursing staffing levels in the emergency department at Cumberland Regional. Follow with urgent recruitment to Cumberland Regional offering bonuses and full-time positions to attract nurses. Five, operate a walk-in clinic eight hours a day, seven days a week or more adjacent to the ER at Cumberland Regional to meet all non-urgent medical care needs in the community. Six, start communicating with communities the wait times for both ER and emergency health services or ambulance services. This should be real wait times so that people can make educated decisions on accessing healthcare services in emergency and non-emergency situations. And seven, require EHS and emergency ambulance services to develop partnerships with local fire and other first responder agencies to support the safe transfer of patients to hospitals until such a time they are able to respond and until the issue of a ambulance availability can be rectified. So those are the seven action items that we are sending through to the minister today and we'll be asking for immediate implementation. This will be followed up uh, later in the week with many more items that would be more of a medium to long-term action items that need to be completed as well. So I just want you to know as your MLA, as your voice, as your representative, in the Nova Scotia legislature that I am bringing forth the concerns of this family, of our community. Uh, if you listen to my updates uh, nor regularly, you'll know that I've been ringing the alarm bell for a while, in most recently in November, when one of our internal medicine physicians, Dr. Scott Bowen, met with me about his concerns about staffing levels in the ICU, as well as the emergency department. At that time, I did request the Minister of Health to come and meet with Dr. Bowen, with his colleagues, and with the nursing staff, and unfortunately that has not happened. The call to meet and address the concerns has not been answered. So we are going to ring the um, bells again and urgently ask the minister to come and meet with, with them. This is just a tragedy that our community has faced, and we need to ensure that, our, that the family receive the care, the compassion that they deserve, the answers that they deserve, and we need to ensure that this does not ever happen again and that there is safe, reliable emergency health care available when needed. You need to know that. You as a community member need to be assured 
that healthcare is there when you need it. Last week, I also released my first opinion editorial for 2023, and my plan is to release these monthly or more. And the first one is entitled Time to Restore Economic and Political Strength Here in the Maritimes. The Maritimes, as we know it, are rich in history, diverse in culture, and have all the components needed for a wealthy, robust region. I believe the time is now for the Maritimes provinces to unite, to remove interprovincial barriers, to capitalize on the economic potential of our region, and take back our political strength. The Maritimes includes, of course, we know, the three provinces of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island. They form a natural region with a close affinity to the ocean, which all but surrounds us. Before Confederation in 1867, the maritime region enjoyed a prosperous economy through fishing, forestry, agriculture, and to some degree, mining. We enjoyed natural trading with our friends, the Americans, in the U.S. Eastern Seaboard and also traded efficiently across the Atlantic Ocean with Europe. A short 155 years ago, it was not that long ago, in 1867, Confederation joined the East to the West, creating our country of Canada. There was a great deal of political controversy surrounding whether or not the Maritime Provinces should join Confederation. Many believe the Maritime Region has been in a steady decline in political influence and relative economic status since that time. In 1892, the Maritimes lost four seats in the House of Commons, followed by another four seats only a decade later. In 1873, the Maritimes had 43 seats, and by 1966, we were down to 25 seats. So when I say we decreased and declined in political influence, I say that based on the number of national seats increased while maritime representation decreased. In 1873, the Maritimes had 43 of 206 federal seats. In 1966, the Maritimes had 25 of 264 seats. Today, the Maritimes have only 25 of the 338 seats federally, an overall decrease from the original 21% of the total seats to now only 7.4. So we went from 21% to 7.4 of the political seats in the country of Canada. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Maritimes break away from Canada. Maritimers are proud Canadians who want to remain so. However, I am suggesting we take a closer look at the reasons for economic and political decline that we have experienced and immediately take action to strengthen and reverse this trend. Past movements like the Maritime Rights Movement, as well as other movements, have resulted in national subsidies that, for the most part, are not relevant today. When it first happened, it was to help with the National Railway. We have a COA today throwing breadcrumbs our way as if that should be enough to appease us. It's not, and it never will be. The Maritimes have a history of solid economic independence. Before Confederation, Maritimers were known to be self-reliant and strong. And as time goes on, more and more decisions are made by Ottawa, and the heartbeat of our Maritime continues to weaken. It is not healthy for our country when too much power is centralized in central Canada, in Quebec and Ontario, as they hold the balance of the country's political power. We have seen the premiers of Western Canada advocate for more respect and autonomy, and I believe it's time we here in the Maritimes speak up for ourselves as well. The most pressing reason for maritime unity is the issue of health care. The federal government's portion of health care funding is based on population, not demographics. 
and this needs to change. I believe the maritime premiers and health ministers would be wise to join forces and ask for changes to health care funding formula. The older population requires more health care dollars. It's just a fact. The Fraser Institute reported that 45.7 of health care spending is on individuals 65 years and older. About 22% of Atlantic Canadians are 65 and older, compared to with about 15% of the people in other provinces across the country. This places the Maritimes at a severe disadvantage, financial disadvantage, when trying to provide safe and reliable health care services to our citizens. I believe it is time for the Maritimes to unite as a region. We need to remove provincial barriers, interprovincial barriers, and rules and regulations that inhibit natural trade and movement and form a united force that will strengthen the maritime region on all issues, most notably health and the economy. A stronger future is in the hands and hearts of our people. It's time to explore the possibilities, expand our dreams, reach for opportunities, and build a healthier, stronger region for our children and our grandchildren. And that opinion editorial was shared uh, nationally and was uh, actually printed in the National Post on Saturday. So I look forward to more conversation about maritime uh, uniting our strength as a region and improving our economy and our health care in this area. That's it for today's MLA update for Cumberland North. There's a huge focus right now, very acute focus on the urgent health care needs. We'll be working on that um, very intently today and throughout the rest of the week. Please reach out to my office if you need anything. My office phone number is 902-661-2288. My email address is elizabeth.smith-macrossan at novascotia.ca. And of course, I have two offices. My legislative office is in Pugwash at the Village Hall. Uh, and my Amherst office, the constituency office, is at 5 Ratchford Street in Amherst, Nova Scotia. So the old town hall building right beside the library. I would like to extend birthday greetings and anniversary greetings to anyone who may be celebrating this week. I would also like to extend my sympathies to anyone who may have lost a loved one recently, including the families of Margaret Bell, Ashton Kimberly Milner, Allison or Allie Holthoff, Janet White Thompson, Bernice Alvina St. Peter, Robert Kopp, and Kenneth Wayne Smith. And if there's anyone else that has passed or if any of you have also lost uh, a loved one, please accept my sympathies at this time. As I end my MLA update today, I would like to extend my gratitude to CFTA 107.9. I would like to say to you, the people of Cumberland North, it is an honor to continue to be your MLA. I will continue to be your voice because that is exactly what you deserve. It is time the people of Cumberland North, Cumberland County, and our region, it's time our voices are heard. And it's time that we receive our fair services, fair share of services for this province and for this maritime region. Take care. Take care of yourselves. Have a great week. Uh, and remember to look out for your neighbor, be outward focused, and look for ways to serve. Take care of yourselves and take care of others.